0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taking Control of Your Diabetes podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Pettis, and I am not joined today by my co-host, Dr. Steve Edelman, who is in Europe, actually, at a diabetes meeting. I'm actually, though, physically sitting in his chair. Do not tell him in his office. Um, when he gets back, he might notice some some crumbs and things around here. But anyways, I'm joined by a very special guest, Laura Dunn. Say hi, Laura. Hello. And Laura is here because it's Mother's Day week. And we wanted to use the theme of mothers today to talk about a mom who's living with type one diabetes, who has a son that's semi-recently now, two years ago, been diagnosed with type one diabetes and all the kind of things to talk about in there, you know, what it's like to be living as a mom with type one, what it's like to have, you know, a child now with type one. So just want to start with saying, you know, a little bit about who you are. Tell us when you were diagnosed with type one, you know, let's get into your story first
1: yeah thanks i um, excited to be here and share a little bit about my story of myself my diabetes family because um, my husband also has type 1 diabetes too and then you know our son mason who's six and a half he will correct me if i don't say and a half <laughs> um one of those things that you learn as a mom well, that's,
0: um, I, 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 I- I Always remember because I have a son that's like pretty much the exact same, the same age, age. you yeah. know. So that's another, like, you know, thing that your story really kind of rings true with me. But all right, go on. Oh, no, you're good. You're yeah. good.
1: Um, so do you want to know, like, the well, just tell us
0: that you know, like, how old were you when you were diagnosed?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I was diagnosed, um, back in the late 80s when I um, had just turned four years old, but leading up to that, there was a lot of like. Constant thirst, constant craving sugar, you, and you know. remember, you remember this. I have vague memories yeah. of like craving sugar from the sugar bowl. If you remember like when there actually had sugar bowls on the table, like totally. I would sneak sugar. Just
0: raw, straight, raw, the straight <laughs> sugar. Raw, straight <laughs> sugar,
1: straight from the bowl when no one was looking. Um, and you know, of course, as a kid, you don't think that's weird, but you know, obviously that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my mom, um, who is a dietitian. Um, she started noticing some of these weird things. Like, you know, I had been potty trained, but I had started wetting the bed again. And my grandfather actually on my dad's side, um, had type one diabetes. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of in her family. So like she Mm -hmm. had some signals, I think on your
0: dad's side, on my dad's side. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So a lot of diabetes in my family. Um, She had noticed some uh, signals, right? And so because um, my grandfather had type 1 diabetes, we had a, a test kit. Um, that was accessible to us. So, luckily, when I was diagnosed, they had like, you know, strips and you didn't have to do the like urine boiling and pills and whatnot, yeah. and, like craziness. I know.
0: When I hear Steve talk about that, I I'm know. still, it just seems like it's just another world, but I never rage. had to
1: do it. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, so, she could, she checked my blood sugar. Um, and I don't actually know the number, but it was, of course, through the roof. So, we went to dinner and she, I listened to your actual story on your podcast. I was given Diet Pepsi um instead of the real deal that's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then went straight into the hospital um and you know as a kid i was really shy about having type 1 diabetes i didn't like talking about it with friends it was this like big dark secret mm-hmm. um and i'm guessing like i probably at the time like as an adult looking back i had a lot of shame around it because i did not want to be different yeah and so um until i went to diabetes camp later on it was like held real real close and okay. no one really knew about it
0: and what was it like with your parents what was that interaction around your diabetes
1: it was tough because I think you know being diagnosed at such a young age you don't understand what's going on so suddenly like your parents who have not really like intentionally hurt you in your life are like stabbing you with a needle and you don't get it so um you know there are stories of me like you know, being really, really upset and my mom having to, you know, me saying like, I don't want any more shots or I don't want any yeah. more finger pokes and her having to say like, we're done for today, you okay. know, and just like being honest with me. And I think like looking back on it and now being, you know, having a child of my own with diabetes and having similar conversations about sight changes and things like that, like it's hard.
0: And do you have brothers or sisters?
1: I have a brother. He does not have diabetes. Okay. Though, but yeah
0: so what was that like did you feel like your relationship with your parents was different than his
1: there was a lot of attention around me having diabetes and in it was a, a,
0: a negative way
1: in a way that I didn't want yeah. <laughs> you know like I didn't want to be the center of attention and so I think that's probably too another reason why I didn't like sharing it is because there was a lot of focus around like you know my mom being a dietitian um And, you know, we'll probably get to this later, but like, I think a lot of the choices that she made and that my medical team made um, when I was a kid have really shaped how I parent my son Mason now. Um, So, for example, because she was a dietitian, I never saw a dietitian because the the theory was like, well, I saw my dietitian every day. My dietitian is my mom. And I'm like in the back of my head. I don't think that was the best decision because like my mom should have been my mom and I should have seen a dietitian.
0: Have you talked to your brother about this? Like growing up? Uh,
1: A little bit. My brother's not like
0: very verbose about this. Yeah. 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 What about your grandfather that has type one? Are you close to him or were you? you... I was. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: definitely had a special bond and you know, he's now, um, passed, but especially I think, Being older, he—I was in my young twenties when he passed. Like, really wishing I had dug more into, um, you know, his experience and his background of living with it, especially in like the fifties and sixties and all of that. That's like a big miss on my part. Would you
0: do you think that maybe you were his favorite because you had type one or was the oldest? Okay, (laughs) I was the favorite of everybody. But no. it must have bonded you. you yeah, know? yeah, we definitely
1: bonded. I think there were other reasons too. Like my grandfather was um an engineer, and I've always really been inclined to like build things and very hands-on. So like we have we bonded outside of diabetes, but that definitely was something that What about do you ever was.
0: feel like there was any inkling in your family that your dad or your dad's side gave this to you?
1: Hmm. I don't know that it was like they gave it to me. I think it was always understood that it was Do you feel just like, like there's
0: any guilt from your dad or like side of the family that this landed on you?
1: I, not guilt. I think a lot of anxiety about me having it yeah. and about high and low blood sugars and like what I could eat and couldn't eat. And, you know, some of the focus and attention, you know, you too, like. Mm. There weren't pumps when I was growing up. Right. So you were really regimented with regular insulin and NPH. So, like, you had to eat around the clock. I could totally. never sleep in. So it was really. Um,
0: but there was never your mom yelling at your dad. Like, nah, you I don't this think so. Okay. I don't, good. Not that uh, I remember. Checking. No, no.
1: <laughs> yelling about other things, but not that. Yeah.
0: All right. So, you know, uh, I can relate for sure with the regular and NPH period or whatever. So then, you know, you go through like your early adulthood. And let's talk about a little bit about you meeting your husband because that's definitely another interesting piece of this puzzle that he mm-hmm. has type one himself. So, how did you guys meet? How did you know that he had type one? Tell us that story a little bit.
1: Yeah. So okay. at the time, I was working um, at in a clinical trial, um, or let me say that, uh, at a diabetes clinic, uh, writing clinical trials, and so I was a study coordinator. And was recruiting people for an insulin pump study, and so I was on my lunch break um, with a friend, and I was showing her my insulin pump and talking about it. And he walks by and was like, "Hey, what's that? Like, I have diabetes, and he was thinking about getting a pump." Um, and so I was trying to recruit him for the study. So he just literally was at this lunch. Literally place. was at a Quiznos. Quiznos, yeah. Okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: thinking some hoity-toity steak restaurant. No, no. <laughs> this is a Quiznos. Okay, that's <laughs> the like steam. Twenty-three. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, I gave him my card and um, he I'm was impressed. actually.
0: You had a card at 23. I did. Have yeah. a card. I was
1: like super businesswoman wannabe back then. And had <laughs> your, your
0: home phone number on it with your answering my machine. Cell, I'm sure. My okay. cell phone.
1: Yeah. I had a cell phone back then. I'm not that old. Um, uh, but we actually had an appointment the next week, anyways, to talk about this study. With him? With him, okay. yeah. yeah. So, so just
0: total coincidence. Okay. Total
1: coincidence. Match made in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So then we're sitting like, like fast forward a week later at the appointment, we're sitting across from each other, kind of like you and I are now, and I'm like, you know, showing him the insulin pump, and I'm like sweating and turning red and being like, this guy's kind of cute. Mm. And then, because you know. Because
0: you're nervous or you're low or?
1: No, because he was cute. Okay.
0: Just regular, <laughs> normal stuff. Regular
1: flirting. Okay. Diabetes <laughs> is only there in the fact that we're talking about insulin okay. pumps um and so because he had my card that had my cell phone instead of calling my office about the study he decided to you know call my cell phone and ask me out on a date and the rest there is history cool yeah
0: so all right so then you guys get together that's a super cute meet i love it <laughs> and then eventually you you, you know i started having the conversation around should we have kids and what was that like knowing that you know if you're just a mom with type 1 and you, you meet somebody that doesn't have diabetes, there's, you know, for the listeners, maybe like a 5% chance or something that the kid will have type 1 diabetes. And that's an important statistic just to mention that a lot of times I see patients and they'll just kind of assume if they have type 1 that their kids will get it. It's actually fairly rare, 95% chance that they won't. So here you are. You've probably been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And then you meet somebody that has type 1, which does increase the risk. So what were those conversations like between the two of you around one, should we have kids or not just because do we want kids? And then two, like, what do we think about this chance of them having type one? Did that even come into the equation at all?
1: Oh, it did for sure. And I think it might have been at a TCOID conference that I asked Steve about it. Like, hey, like, can you come over here and talk to me on the side? Like, you know, what's the likelihood? You guys were
0: together at this point? And you were talking to him about, should we have kids? Yeah, I think
1: Dave Dave and I were married. And so, you know, knowing you and knowing Steve, I actually asked Steve, I'm like, I'm going to go to the, you know, the experts and get the data, get the statistics on how likely this is. But, you know, in the end, I was pretty sure that I wanted kids. So it was more about having the information than it being like a yes yes or no kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So, all right. So then, and then tell us, you have one one son now Mm -hmm. six and a half and so you know we talked about should we get into the issues around like pregnancy and that but we want to leave that for maybe another day yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know and god bless you especially mothers with type one going through that i mean pregnancy is tough in in general and then you add diabetes on top of it but anyways mason's born when did you start thinking about um well we'll get to screening but maybe a little bit around like what i've experienced just with my kids like anytime they would wet their bed oh, for sure. or anytime they're a little bit more thirsty is yeah. it like is this regular summertime i'm thirsty or is this diabetes so would you check his blood sugar every once in a while or
1: yes i did and i always felt so bad but it, it you just need to know and yeah. i think like any new mom you get nervous about everything, whether it's a fever or a rash, or you know, knowing that he had a heightened risk for getting type one diabetes. I I just put it in the bucket of like all the things that I had anxiety right. about having a newborn who can't communicate with you. But yeah, we I I probably did that more than Dave, um, my husband. Looking back on it, just because.
0: How often do you think you did that in the first like two years of his life? Would you check his blood sugar?
1: Oh, I not terribly often because it's such a little tiny baby, right? Like yeah. maybe once every 3 months or so if yeah. he was like sick or I thought he was, you know, having more wet diapers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my son hated it. Still mm-hmm. hates it. When I, you know, I would do all these things like, we'll see how powerful you are and what your number is and all this stuff and you would get behind it, but it hurts. Yeah. You know, and no, you know, so it's a traumatic thing. It's not like a, you know, simple thing to check somebody's blood sugar, but anyway, so thankfully, you know, initially blood sugars are normal and then you start thinking about um, should we check his antibodies? And again, for the listeners, there are blood tests that we can do now that will let you know if somebody is at risk of developing type one diabetes. And specifically, these are antibodies in the blood. We can check four or five of them. And if, and if two of them come back positive, you have a fairly good chance that this person is gonna come down with high blood sugars in the next you know, couple of years. So because we we can do these now, we can offer it to parents to, you know, do you want to know? Is your child at risk? So what was your thought around, should I get, you know, Mason tested? Should, you know, what was Dave's thinking? Um, walk us through those conversations.
1: Yeah. So, you know, again, at that time, I was still in the clinical trial world. So I was very data driven and I did waffle back and forth um, and actually talked to some of my other, you know, mom friends who had kids with diabetes around, like, what are they doing? And, you know, kind of like talking through, like, is it better to know or is it better to not know? Um, And ultimately, you know, we decided to do it. It seemed like the right and responsible thing to do, you know, for just us having that info and then, you know, thinking back to the, you know, should I test his blood sugar or not? Once we did get the results back, like it gave me a lot of, it it validated my like crazy for wanting to check him. It's like, no, like there's a reason, you know, that we should check him. So I didn't, I felt less bad about checking him when I had done that in the past.
0: And when you guys thought about getting his antibodies tested, like what, what do you think was the, some of the main reasons why you decided to do it? was I just want to know where we're at, or is it I'm like? thinking about maybe a clinical trial for him, or I think that this is an altruistic thing I need to do for the type 1 community? I think
1: all of it, right? Like, I wanted to give back to the type 1 community for sure Um, because I, you know, I mean, there's, and I think I didn't really realize this at the time, but the the idea of a clinical trial was really compelling to me, but he was so young when it happened that, like, Those are all off the table. So I I did enough research, but I didn't do a thorough job to understand like he's we tested him when he was like around two and he was not going to get anything right um, with his results.
0: So so you tested him just once. Is that right?
1: We tested him once. And then
0: when he was two,
1: when he was two.
0: And how did you do that logistically? Did you go to your doctor? Did you go online?
1: Yeah. So we went through the trial net website. So we did trial net. And then we um, found a location near us, which was Radies so in San Diego. Um, and then we went to them.
0: Okay. So, you know, we'll talk about this more too, but this has gotten a lot better in terms of like how to get people screened. It used to be kind of like you would have to go and specifically ask and, you know, inquire or be in the know. Um, now there, there is a website that people can go to. It's called type one tested.com. Um, and you can learn information about how you can get your child or, or you know, relative screened. Um, they can actually send you kits to your house now. You can do it at home or you can go into your doctor's office. So at least this is becoming streamlined. We'll talk about that a little bit more. So but when you were doing this, this was a very much of a proactive mm-hmm. thing.
1: Yeah, I was one of those like I'm in the know. I worked at Dexcom like I had all the information at my fingertips.
0: And your pediatrician? ordered these for you or
1: I don't think we had to go through the pediatrician now
0: okay, no. okay. so then who did it
1: we I did
0: you got it ordered for him
1: I contacted I mean I was like hey I'm I'm have type one and my husband has type one we want our son tested and they're like yeah cool I okay. mean from my memory right okay and I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm remembering this correctly because it was pretty like I was picking him up from his daycare and I got a call from the doctor but the doctor was like on vacation Okay. and he leaves this really like vague voicemail that like he has, you know, results to discuss, but he's...
0: And this is a, a general like pediatrician or is this an endocrinologist? An, an endocrinologist. Okay. So this is someone who least has a context for this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay.
1: calls, leaves kind of like a, like, you know, that's not good news voicemail. Yeah. And then also I'm on vacation and you can't really reach me. Oh, man. So I like, panic. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, of course, it's like the worst. So what did you do? I contacted the study coordinator. Again, okay. this is like me being in the know and like I'm a my mama bear instincts went yeah. in. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to figure out what's going on um, and I'm going to get the information. And so it was a lot of like very, very heightened anxiety. We finally got, you know, the answers that he had for and who, who
0: gave you those results.
1: I believe the study coordinator gave me some. Okay, And I think what it was is we had some of them back, but not all of them yet, because they kind of come in stages, or at least they did at the time.
0: This is a he or she. She, And she, she, she the said, coordinator. like, hey, Laura, listen, like, one of these is positive, or do you even remember?
1: Like- uh, I think it was like a couple were positive, and we're still waiting on the rest, and we won't know till next week, but, like, we need to bring him in. Like, it was one of those, like, we need to bring in him now, and I'm like, does he have diabetes, like, right now? Like, mm. that's where my heart went. Like I just, it it like everything stopped. I was supposed to go on a girls trip that weekend, um, and like go out of town, and I canceled everything because it just was like I I need to be around for whatever this and I'm sure is going you, to be.
0: I that all makes a lot of sense, but I'm sure you realize now that nothing had really changed in that moment. No, you know, like these antibodies had been there for some time. You right. know, it, it 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 identifies risk, but he was at this point fine. His blood sugars were completely normal. Right.
1: I think. Yeah, at this point, they were completely normal. We went and we did the um, glucose tolerance test. That's what we did. And there was some, like, heightened blood sugars after. But, like, yeah, he was he was fine.
0: So what was that night like? So you get these results. You take him home. I'm guessing, you get, like, when do you have the conversation with Dave? Who did you talk to? Like, what were the emotions there?
1: I, <clears throat> I mean, Dave was probably in the know throughout the whole timeline of this but i was fielding a lot of the calls and trying to get all the information and i have a really good friend of mine um who's a nurse practitioner with type 1 diabetes um but she's she's uh serves peds in new york and so she was like my lifeline that entire weekend like she talked me off the ledge
0: okay and again, you know, having these like so at this time, you know, there's a couple antibodies positive. You know, you want to see where his glucose is at now, but you know that he is going to quote-unquote get type 1 diabetes. Or did you get your head around that or That what is- took
1: like that took some time. So I, you know, the next day when I was back at work, I went and talked to, you know, Dexcom's chief medical officer, okay. VP. Um and I just, I was, again, still in that information gathering. Like, I want to read the papers. I want to read the medical journals to say, like, what actually does this mean? What is the risk? And, you know, of course, like, in reading them, it didn't really help make me feel better because it basically was like, he's either going to, like, there's a 90% chance he's going to, and I'm, I'm making up these numbers, right? Yeah. But, like, from my memory, it was, like, really highly likely that by the time he was five, he was going to be um, diagnosed um, but like definitely by like and eight or 10.
0: He's two at this point. He's two. Okay.
1: Barely over two.
0: So obviously getting this information is not good. Like okay. you don't, you don't want your child to have type one diabetes. Um, so it might be hard to kind of dissect this question, but were you glad to have that information? Um, you're not happy with the diagnosis, but would you rather know than not know?
1: I, So in in the immediate, I think it was very mixed feelings. Like when I found out, I think I was a little all over the place. Like, do I really want to know this? Do I not want to know this? But once I settled down from those initial emotions, I was glad that I knew. And when he finally was diagnosed, I was really glad that I knew.
0: Okay. So I want to get to that too. But then how much do you think your reaction to all this was colored by your own life with type 1 diabetes i mean it's it's hard to say but like you know what was your thinking around that i mean you know everything that goes into having type 1 diabetes i mean on one side you're very well equipped to deal with this but on the other side you know how crappy it is to have a low blood sugar and to deal with all this so how do you balance that you know i think that's
1: yeah i think that comment of like well you know he's gonna have the best parents to, you know, guide him through this. Like I, every time I heard that I like wanted to pull my hair out. Um, cause it just, it was so frustrating. And I think like, yes, while I and and Dave too have type one diabetes, I didn't know how to parent a young child with type one diabetes. And that was my fear, especially with him at the time being so young. Like I know my own diabetes and I don't micromanage Dave's like we're, we're separate. Like we support each other, right? Like, you know, right in, in he's low or high, but like I've never been responsible for another person living with diabetes. Yeah. And that was tough to like wrap my head around.
0: You know, I was, I was saying before this, we recorded this that, you know, anecdotally I've heard people that if, you know, they have like, let's say two or three kids, they have type one diabetes, they have two or three kids and the kid that gets type 1 diabetes they kind of will never admit it but they secretly like that kid better uh. <laughs> you know and i know like he's your one and only but i i, I i'm i'm sure there they're, you know we'll get to this there's some bonding that comes along with this and that's got to be this emotional journey from like yeah. figuring out the diagnosis to you know the bonding piece so maybe we'll leave that for now okay but um so okay so you get the information that he's antibody positive he will you know develop high blood sugar is very likely you know in the near future so when was it how much longer so he's he's 2 when he's antibody positive when was it that he was officially diagnosed or needed to go on insulin
1: he it was right before he turned 5 but i will say like that whole relationship building so before i mean and granted he was 2 so he didn't really get it but like before he, we found out we didn't really bring diabetes into the conversation right after we found out that it was going to be high, high likelihood that he would get it, I would start talking about sight changes or sensor readings and just bringing it more into like our normal dialogue mm-hmm. to kind of prep for like, this is going to be your reality one day. Right. So I'm not going to hide it from you. Right. This is You need to like well, see this. huge. You yeah. know, when we
0: talk about, you know, the benefits of knowing this information. One is really the, the preparation. And even for somebody like yourself that knows a ton about type 1 diabetes, there's all kinds of preparation for you, for the child. And so, yeah, tell me more about that. Like, you know, what would this be? Like, hey, come help mommy with this or what do you think about that? Or It
1: it was really like, it wasn't a come help. It was more like, hey, I'm just, I'm doing this, you know, like this is just part of what I have to do. And this is part of what daddy has to do, right? Mm -hmm. So like not overly focusing on it, but just like bringing it into our everyday conversation.
0: And that just, you know, reminds me that, you know, it's kind of nice in a way that you didn't have to tell him, you know, like I I hear stories about people that get this information when their kids are eight, 10, 11, 12. And it's like, well, do we tell them, Oh, you know, when can they understand the concept of I'm going to develop a disease in the future? and that is really difficult. Yeah. Uh, at least from your standpoint it is very very clear. Right. I mean no, like, well, no. I could tell him you're going to get type 1 diabetes in 2 years, you know, he doesn't care it right. doesn't mean anything to him. But this is a very practical aspect of like let me, you know, show you my world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll just say that my kids um y- you know, it, I don't have the same experience, but I I do obviously share them, you know, with them what I'm going through and what blood sugars are. And they surprise me every once in a while. Like daddy's your blood sugar low or, you know, let me get you this juice or whatever. Cause they obviously are like sponges and they, Mm -hmm. they pick this up. Um, and I think in the back of my head is a little bit like, I want to show them a little bit extra just in case like, you know, this is becomes part of their world. But for you, you had that specific, specific information. Right. And so that's the positive that you can start bringing him into this. Is there a negative in the sense of like were you more hyper vigilant of every symptom he had or um you know every time he, like I said, wet the bed or whatever it was?
1: Yeah, yes and no. And I think the other good thing about it too is that like I wasn't alone in that. Like Dave and I are both now a united force with that. Right. So I had like it wasn't just me being like, Am I being like overreactive? Am I just anxious about this? Cause it's like my thing, like. And he's way more like calm of a person <laughs> than I am. Yeah. Um. So it, it was helpful to have almost like a, a, like a a partner in this, and that we both know that this is a reality. And so it wasn't just me pushing for it; like he would do it too. I wouldn't. I don't think we went overboard with it. Um. But when we did do it, I felt more of, again like validated. Like okay, there's a reason I'm doing this. I'm not just like really, really nervous. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, and I I think, um, you know, I'm just thinking again. I have to admit that I think for every type 1 parent, this is their worst nightmare. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm just trying to think of getting that information. And, like, was that something you constantly lived with? Like, this is my worst nightmare coming true? Or was it, like, I got the information and now I'm going to, like, just deal with the next step?
1: I don't think I knew. Like what it was going to be when it happened, but when he did, and I was actually like, I'm a big runner. So I was on a run and I got a call from Dave saying like his blood sugar is like 250. you know, you need to come home. It happened. It's, it's happening. Right. And I think because I had dealt with all the emotions, uh, over, what was it like a year and a half? Of leading up to that point like I went into real tactical mode like I I texted you <laughs> and you were like oh it's 250 he's probably fine for the weekend because I think of course it was like on a Friday night right uh, like yeah. you know when this happened um and then you know I I called his I think I had the number of the um study coordinator Cause she was like, call me when it happens. And, you know, she was kind of a lifeline. But I mean,
0: even just saying that when it happens. Oh I mean, yeah. God, how foreboding is that? You know, and, and it can become, become a little nebulous. Like, what does that exactly mean? Like you right. said, w- was it happening when his blood sugars are 180 or 190 or right. 200? Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's part of the, the positive of having this information is that we're realizing that type one diabetes is a spectrum. Yep. That as soon as these antibodies became positive, he had type one diabetes. Um, that autoimmune process is going on, and it just becomes then when can his body not keep up? And there's not mm-hmm. enough beta cells there. That becomes hyperglycemic, and even that can become nebulous. However, like it, it's I have to imagine that it's better to get it's happening when his blood is 250 versus out of the blue in DKA. Oh yeah, you know, and so that's another big benefit of that. You were already vigilant, but you can be even more vigilant appropriately. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. And I think it was like, it was confusing, right? Because it's, it's, it's not skyrocket off the charts, right. like high, right? Like there's not even a reading. It's 250. So is this like an emergency? Do we need to go to the hospital now? Do we have time? Like, what do we do? You know, so it still was a little bit like, I think we should do something. Yeah. But I was able to go into action mode instead of like have a meltdown. Right. I think that was the big important thing for me.
0: Well, I remember thinking about this when you text me about this. Like, you know, blood sugar is 250. And I was thinking, you know, when I was diagnosed and probably you, my blood sugar was probably 400 mm-hmm. for like a month, yeah. you know? And so that's why I was like, you can wait till Monday. I hope that was good advice. You did okay. But, um, <laughs> but it's just, we don't know. We don't you know. know. Like when, so so when you went into tactical mode, what did that mean?
1: I I called the study coordinator. I called his pediatrician. They I was led down some like, well, you need to go to the ER. But then I found out that we could actually just go straight to the hospital and have a bed like reserved for us. So instead of like, I think it just, we I was able to figure out through talking to different people how to expedite the process and get us like the care we needed without having to go through like wait in the emergency room for like who, who knows how long, half a day, right?
0: So then you mentioned that you've talked to other parents that have kids with type 1 mm-hmm. and i'm guessing these are parents that don't have type 1 mostly or some, mostly some yeah how different do you think your journey your experience was um where you kind of you have type 1a you knew this information was coming for essentially years um and then when this happens it's kind of a mildish case mm-hmm. versus never maybe even hearing about type 1 diabetes and then probably like presenting in dka like i mean do you have a Sense of how different that was.
1: Um, well, you know, it's interesting because I don't. When I meet parents with kids with type one diabetes, we don't talk as much about like the diagnosis story yeah. as we do about like how do you do soccer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do? How do you deal with the school? Because mm-hmm. that's a whole thing yeah. that we you know had to deal with. So it's really more like the living with diabetes and like the diagnosis story. But I can imagine one thing that's definitely different for me is that when we were going through the classic like Diabetes 101, like we were teaching the aides or the educators things about diabetes that we had known. So it was kind of like when we were looking at our watches, like, when can we get out of here? And we're leaving with a pump and a Dexcom, right? Right. And they're like, well, you guys are like fast track. Like we have to we have to go talk to the endocrinologist to make sure this is OK. And I'm like, no, it's it's going to be OK. Like we're not yeah. doing MDI for three months before we get on a pump and yeah, have yeah. a screaming child like he hated shots. So we fast tracked everything. And I don't think other parents would know right. those options or have those options.
0: And have you ever wished that you didn't test his antibodies? That you had a couple years of ignorance is
1: bliss no because i would have I, I was so prepped i think and ready when he did get like we didn't see that high blood sugar that i was able to like kind of compartmentalize a lot of my feelings because i already felt them yeah. right and then just go into like okay what are we going to do how am i going to get him the best care and i think if i hadn't known i would i wouldn't have had that like clarity of mind to to advocate for him like i i did
0: So then when you meet other type ones that have kids or considering getting kids, um, what do you recommend? Like, I mean, I know this is a very personal decision, but what do you say when they say, hey, Laura, what do you think? Should I screen my kids?
1: I mean, I think the only thing I can do is tell them my story. And, you know, it was it wasn't like a hundred percent. Yes, I wanted to do this. It was I think this is probably going to be helpful. And then it sucked to get the data back. But, and then I I went through my grief process with that, you know, and learning about it. Um, but then when he was diagnosed, I felt more prepared. So, but that doesn't mean that that's, that's every, that's, that's the best decision for everybody. Right. right? Like, I don't think you, have you tested your kids? No.
0: You know, we talked about this before too, that I feel I'm really conflicted by it because, you know, I have two small kids and I, legitimately believe that everybody should have their kids screened i think this is important for science um i think there's a lot of, of positive things going on in this area it's it's easy relatively easy to get them screened but i'm just not ready for it mm-hmm. um you know my oldest to be honest like hates blood and so honestly it's still like the actual act of like getting him screened even though it's like a finger stick is like is a barrier and then having that information um i just don't know where i land on it right mm-hmm. now So I think I ultimately will like, absolutely. It's just, um, it is a really personal choice and you'd be like surprised. Like we actually had this, this one conference, a big TCID conference years ago and we, this topic came up and I, I basically said what I just said and I felt like I was a little type one community shamed. Like, you know, how dare you? Like, you know, you need to do this for science, you know? So people have like really strong opinions about it. Um, And everyone just needs to come to their, like get the information, know the positives and and negatives of of, of knowing the information. I will say, however, that something that has changed in the even the short term since your son was diagnosed is that now we're we're, we're getting therapies that you can actually, you know, potentially FDA approved to give people to delay the onset of type 1 diabetes, which is something we have never been able to say in the history of type 1 diabetes. That's amazing. That now, you know, we're at the you know cusp of actually having um, medications that people can get that have been proven now to, to delay the, the onset of two or three years. So this is moving out of the realm of, like, I should just test because I want to know, to, yes, I want to test, I want to know, I want to prepare myself, and there's potentially something I can do about it. And that and is huge. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So... Give us a little update on how he's doing now. What life is like as a type 1 mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your interactions with him, you know, in, in terms around type 1 diabetes, I guess. That's something I don't have an experience with.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because you've had the comparison to like, parents who have children with type one diabetes and then versus like me and Dave, like I think I'm more relaxed <laughs> than the parents that don't have diabetes themselves. Cause like, you know, I mean, God, I survived the nineties right. and not having pumps or CGM with diabetes and didn't have perfect control. And that does not mean like Mason has, he has good control. Um, and his numbers are, are fine. Right. Whenever we go to the endo, like they're cool with it. But I Don't overstress because I don't I think like going back to when I was a kid, there was such a like I had the log book with, like, the pen that had the three different colors, you know, red, blue, and black. Do you remember those, like, old-school pens oh, where you have yeah. to like, click down? Oh, yeah, I'm
0: thinking insulin pen. You mean oh, an pen. Oh, no, no, like pen. an actual, yeah, not yeah, an insulin yeah. pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: And, like, I had a logbook, and all the numbers in high that were high, high or low were, like, in red. Oh, and I would gosh. have such anxiety going to my doctor to be, like, here's my report card of mm-hmm. how I am doing as a human being mm-hmm. trying to manage this chronic disease, right? And so, like, I don't want him... And even though, even back then, like you know, numbers are just numbers. Like that wasn't like the like there were there was good and there was bad. Like there was good food and bad food, and good numbers and bad numbers, and all of that. And I try really, really, really hard to help him live the most normal life that he can yeah. within reason, right? Like if he's three hundred and he wants like a high sugary or high carb snack, like we talk about it. And we're like, you know, now not really the best time for that, like. Nothing wrong with the food, but let's like give some insulin and then we'll wait. Do you want something else instead now? And then later we'll revisit it, you know, like trying to make it age appropriate because he's six and that's hard. But also, you know, um.
0: so tell me, though, yeah. like about, you know, again, kind of in the Mother's Day vein, you had yeah. your mom dietitian, you know, doing her best to keep you under control. What lessons have you taken from her that you are either trying your hardest not to do or emulating um like you know you have lived this life as a kid with type one like so how are you bringing that forward to you know helping him
1: yeah so it's mother's day van let's start with the positive things (laughs) to honor my mother um i think she tried really hard to make sure that my life could be as normal as possible. So, I've always been a really competitive athlete. And so, I did like competitive dance as a kid or competitive swimming, and she always worked really hard with my endocrinologist and then, you know, looking at like different foods that I could eat to help me succeed at those types of things, right? Rather than not being in in active sports, right? Okay. So, we we worked hard on that. Um, but I think because of that, because she's a dietitian, there was like a very, very big focus on food, um, and portions. And I never really learned any like intuitive eating cause I just ate to my insulin spikes. Mm-hmm. And so that led to a lot of disordered eating behaviors and thoughts and totally, you know, separate topic. But I'm very mindful of that right now with my son because I want food to just be food. Right. right. And we do have to talk about carbs because I want him to understand like, you know, not just like carbs for diabetes sake, but, you know, balanced meals. Mm-hmm. And so really when we talk about, you know, that kind of stuff, it's more about just overall healthy eating with diabetes, like on the side and right. like how we, how we do that. Um which and like, you know,
0: you're being very elegant about this, but I'm just imagining with my six and a half year old, <laughs> it's just, you know, mac and cheese and you know, chicken nuggets and like that's a tough conversation to have with a six it is. year old in general. It is. And then, you know, you gotta layer on this, like, you know, the insulin and all that. So yeah. it's tough, yeah.
1: And I think too, like, we're mindful about like what we buy, like the little Trader Joe's mini ice cream cones. He'll be like, Hey mom, I'm having one that's ten carbs. Can you bolus me? Like, <laughs> it's cute. So like he's kind of gets engaged and um You know, sight changes like we talked about are tough, but he'll do this thing where like, well, we'll put, you know, the adhesive on and then he'll look at me and be like, he'll hold his hand or hold my hand and say, you know, mommy, I need a couple seconds. I need to be brave. Mm. And so like we wait and we like instead of forcing through all these moments and just being busy, busy, busy all the time, like it's his body. It hurts. It's It sucks as a kid. So like really celebrating him being brave and and. I don't know. It's it's like it's also our thing. So the fact that both of his parents have it, like he sees us doing it.
0: Can you? I'm almost like imagining you guys syncing up Dexcom changes or site changes. No, or we right? don't do that. <laughs> we don't do
1: that. No. Like but family, I will show him. Yeah, Pump change day. And, and there have been times where I've will let him like push the little um, trigger on the Dexcom to let it go in and whatnot, or yeah. like you know the other thing too is like when he feels upset about something, like that one really hurt. Like you know, just I get it. Yeah, right. they hurt, you know, and I I really get it. So I think, you know, back to like the benefit of him having parents who truly understand. I don't try to sugarcoat it. I don't try right. to be like, it's okay. It'll stop hurting soon. I'm more like, yeah, they hurt sometimes. Yeah. That's hard.
0: And it's interesting here. You say that you're potentially more relaxed than like, you know, somebody without type so. one. And I have to remember that, you know, when I was still in my training as a, a fellow, but I, I kind of, I, I did a diabetes camp and my job was like oversee the kids' blood sugars, like whatever. And so here I am, a type 1 diabetes, like endocrinologist. And at the end of the day, the parents would come and look at their blood sugars for the day. And they would just rake me over the coals, Ooh. you know, like why were they 2.30 after lunch? I'm like, I don't know. Like yeah, I ate. Like some juice, like, you know, <laughs> it's just being a kid. So I was like, I felt like... Yeah, I had that kind of perspective, like it's going to be okay, yeah. um, but there can be this real goal for, you know, perfection, which I understand. You want your kid to be healthy, but it's finding that balance. And you're right. Like, I think the fact that we survived, I'm, you know, I don't know how I did college on regular oh my God, and know, Dexcom right? and all mm-hmm. that. And you have to feel like if we can do that, then with all the tools and things that we have today that they are going to be okay.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. I have that. This reminded me, though, like when he does have to do a finger poke because I think the Dexcom's inaccurate or it's in an error. I'm like, you know, back in my day, <laughs> I had to do this five times. Mm-hmm. So just like toughen up, yeah. you know.
0: Like, <laughs> so whatever, there's Mom. that, too. Yeah. That's awesome. Up the
1: hill both ways. <laughs> finger sticks.
0: Yeah. So, you know, maybe leaving people with some just like, I don't know, any words of encouragement or, or things that you think are so apparent that maybe have changed um, since, you know, when you were a child to now today, or, you know, maybe with this like screening process or any, just kind of take home points that you want to leave people with.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm most excited about where we're going with all the automated insulin delivery systems and all the different choices that people are having. I'm like crossing my fingers for when the Omnipod five goes to like the mass public. Cause that's my, my son's not on automated insulin yet. And I think that's going to be a huge game changer. Um, but you know, I think the, the advancements in technology are amazing. And what makes me most excited for him to grow up is to not have to spend so much of his mental energy like looking at his blood sugars all the time or thinking about highs and lows and having, you know, sensors and pumps that can do a lot of it behind the scenes and you engage minimally. I know mm-hmm. that's not all the time, but like that's that's my hope.
0: Well, it's, you know, as you're talking, I, I can't help it, like our next... TCOID conference is coming up June 18th. And the theme is like the future of diabetes is now. And as I'm hearing you talk, I mean, can you imagine if you went back and told you as a five-year-old kid that you're wanting the Omnipod 5 for your son? there's going to be this little pod mm-hmm. that you can wear on your arm that like you know does insulin delivery based on this other thing that you wear that automatically tells you what your blood sugar. i mean it sounds like the future mm-hmm. and it's it's something that we really are living now and it doesn't mean it's fun no. still got to wear a pump and you, you know, like but like the advancements that have happened in like a relatively short time are encouraging and so you know i don't have your history with you know one of my sons being diagnosed but it, I, I have to believe that it's so much better now, um, and that you know they're going to live a long and healthy life, and potentially be better human beings, and you know have more empathy because of it. Yeah. So do you think about that ever as a, a gift that type one diabetes is is giving, or is that too too much?
1: I I've always like, and this you know goes back to how I met my husband. I think type one diabetes has. Given me a lot of scars mm-hmm. in a lot of ways when you think of like the responsibility or like all of that that it can like put on you. And, and in a lot of ways, people think that's like a good thing, but it can also like lead to not so good things. I have met so many wonderful people because of my type 1 diabetes. I think like the relationships that I've built because of that are the ones that I wouldn't give up for the world. And mm-hmm. so You know, like I'm excited for him to go to diabetes camp and maybe it is that like shared empathy that we have for people who are dealing with something that, you know, you can't go into remission from or you can't beat. Right. It's always with you and you have highs and lows along the way. But I'm excited for him to meet those people and like really have his own community Mm -hmm. too. you know, with COVID, like he hasn't really and met a lot of that and there was a little kid on his soccer team who the mom and I were both excited that you know like they're going to be besties because they both have diabetes they didn't care <laughs> <laughs> but I think like
0: well that's I, kind of best case
1: scenario maybe right? maybe. You know, it's not like I have
0: this huge wound that I need to like find somebody else maybe it's that's just like, like the new normal know, it's like ah yeah, oh,
1: cool nah. no but I think like but th- there is something special about like a camp for kids with well, diabetes I was thinking, a little different too you
0: know again like before we got this started like of how I met you and how I know you mm-hmm. and we're friends. Right, Laura? Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it's just kind of like I met you and you had type one and we were just friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. kind of how that
0: works. Right. Um. So there's definitely some positives of having that community. Maybe he's not friends with this guy now, but yeah. maybe he will be. Give it some time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe leave us with, how is he doing? How are you, you know... You kind of said your hope for the future, but just I don't know, I don't kind know. of final.
1: He's, he's great. He's yeah. a six-year-old who six and a half-year-old, sorry, who loves Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. who's doing T-ball, ball, who is also in jujitsu, and just like I don't know, he's just a kid yeah. who happens to have diabetes, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, and the sky is the limit. You know, I, I'm constantly telling people that it, you know I see with type one diabetes, you're going to live a long and healthy life, and you're going to die of something else. You know, how lucky are we going to be to die because we got hit by a bus? You know, like what I mean is like diabetes, <laughs> really <morbid>. you know, <laughs> diabetes isn't going to be like the thing, you know, and we just like yeah. we kind of we can perseverate on that. And I think there are, there are some real strengths that come from this. So I think thank you for telling us your story. I mean, there's there's so much there that we could talk, you know, for Gaze. so long <laughs> about. But again, I think. um you know, with the screening thing, you know, this type one testedcom if anybody's interested, this has become so much easier to do. There's, you know, therapies on, on the horizon that we can actually do. And I think honestly, in five, 10 years from now, we're gonna have multiple therapy therapies. And I think this will become kind of part of routine pediatric care mm-hmm. is that we're just, you know, instead of your story where you had to go out and just like find people to get screening, it will just be kind of the norm, just like we test for cystic fibrosis or other kind of things um, and then options, you know, available to ideally prevent it entirely. And that's really, you know, a part of the quote unquote cure It's just not getting it in the freaking first place. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that is, we're on that road. Um, so I think even in the short term that, you know, we're talking about with the last couple of years, things have changed and it will continue to improve. And I'm glad you're doing well. Mason's doing well. And, um, I just think that, uh, Your story is really inspiring and thank you for being here. And happy Mother's Day. I was just going to (laughs) say, and
1: everyone out there, go hug your mom or a mom or, yeah.
0: Yeah. So stay tuned for a Father's Day special, which is not happening. It's all about mothers. So, (laughs) all right. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for listening.